OG, the three, got it, a big time bucket. Timeout, Philadelphia, Raptors by 12. My, 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 we have a series on our hands. Me and Kamel were deliberating what we were going to do for the rest of the playoffs after game three. We thought we'd be bounced out in four and we probably have to talk about the miserable Utah Jazz uh, in their first round series. But luckily, I don't have to talk about Donovan Mitchell and those boys and how disappointed I am in them. Instead, we can look at a much more optimistic situation that is this Raptors series where despite the injuries both teams have now suffered, but especially that Toronto were struggling to cope with in the earlier games, they've managed to find their way back to Toronto for Game 6 and we'll do a quick breakdown of the things we saw in Game 5. One thing that was patently obvious from the tip of this game is that Joel is not at 100%. Of course, some of you may know he suffered a thumb injury. In particular, it was a ligament injury in his thumb area. And this particular ligament stabilizes the hand. And in particular, if you're grabbing wide objects like basketballs, without this ligament, it you might have a tendency for your thumb to slip away from your other fingers. Essentially, Joel Embiid should not be able to shoot. And yet, he still managed to put up 20 points in this game. He was the leading scorer for the centre sixes and he shot 7 of 15 from the floor and 6 of 6 from the free throw line. So, he's still, maybe he's not putting up 30, 35 points, but he still had a very credible performance despite looking visibly exhausted at times during this game. So you have to shout him out. I know other people might say, oh, he's not playing as he should be, but anyone else with that injury would barely be able to take to the floor. And he had the best plus minus of all the starters on the center sixers. So you can't put any blame on him this game. One man you can put blame on, though, is James Harden. Two of six from the three-point line, four of 11 from the field, for the first three quarters, he was barely visible on the floor. The lack of aggression, it was like a non-aggression pact was signed before this game. I I did say that we, they probably, the 76ers didn't need him to go off for 30, 35 points to win this series, but they also need him to go for more than 15. He needs to be outscoring Tobias Harrison. Uh, Maxi, which he hasn't done in any single one of these games so far. My, 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 we have a series on our hands. Me and Kamel were deliberating what we were going to do for the rest of the playoffs after game three. We thought we'd be bounced out in four. And we probably have to talk about the miserable Utah Jazz uh, in their first round series. But luckily, I don't have to talk about Donovan Mitchell and those boys and how disappointed I am in them. Instead, we can look at a much more optimistic situation 
That is this Raptors series where, despite the injuries both teams have now suffered, but especially that Toronto were struggling to cope with in the earlier games, they've managed to find their way back to Toronto for Game 6. And we'll do a quick breakdown of the things we saw in Game 5. One thing that was patently obvious from the tip of this game is that Joel is not at 100%. Of course, some of you may know he suffered a thumb injury. In particular, it was a ligament injury in his thumb area. And this particular ligament stabilizes the hand. And in particular, if you're grabbing wide objects like basketballs, without this ligament, it, it, you might have the tendency for your thumb to slip away from your other fingers. Essentially, Joel Embiid should not be able to shoot. And yet, he still managed to put up 20 points in this game. He was the leading scorer for the 76ers and he shot 7 of 15 from the floor and 6 of 6 from the free throw line. So, he still, maybe he's not putting up 30, 35 points, but he still had a very credible performance despite looking visibly exhausted at times during this game. So you have to shout him out. I know other people might say, oh, he's not playing as he should be, but anyone else with that injury would barely be able to take to the floor. And he had the best plus minus of all the starters on the 76ers. So you can't put any blame on him this game. One man you can put blame on, though, is James Harden. 2-6 from the three-point line, 4 of 11 from the field, for the first three quarters, he was barely visible on the floor. The lack of aggression, it was like a non-aggression pact to assign before this game. I I did say that we, they probably, the 76ers didn't need him to go off for 30, 35 points to win this series, but they also need him to go for more than 15. He needs to be outscoring Tobias Harrison. Uh, Maxi, which he hasn't done in any single one of these games so far. Look at this, 76ers. When you don't have a stupid number of free throws, you struggle a little bit more on the offensive end. Joel actually got fined 15000 for complaining about the officiating in Game 4. But they still ha- averaged more three throws than the set, uh, Raptors in that game. And even in this Game 5, the 76ers had 20 free throws, but the Raptors only got 13. Again, the fact that Siakam only got two free throws this game, the fact that he was deemed to have only been fouled once when he was shooting is a absolute joke I don't know what Joel is seeing out there but even if even if you could argue in those first couple of games that it was officiated fairly which a lot of Raptors fans think they won you certainly can't make the argument that Joel is making that the Raptors are being officiated favorably when compared to the 76ers I don't know what game he's watching I haven't seen that um Hopefully the refereeing stays as it does going forward, where I don't mind the Sixers getting a couple more free throws. I did say that given the size 
advantage that Joel has in the post. I do expect the Sixers to get more free throws. I do expect Embiid to be getting 10 free throws a game, but it shouldn't be like the first couple of games where uh, the 76ers got 20 extra free throws over the Raptors. I'm, I'm not seeing that when I'm watching the games. And so I'd like that to continue going forward. I don't really know what else to say. I don't see what the 76ers have to offer in this game six. They're going to be without Matisse Steibel. Paul Reed, whenever he came on in to replace Embiid this game, he was horribly exposed. He, We really did take advantage of him because he's in that similar mould to, say, a Chris Boucher, a Preston Sutrua, Ken Birch, you know, an undersized five, but he doesn't have the talent that those guys have. And... You could see when Joel was not on the floor, they struggled mightily. So the 76ers really have to hope that although this thumb's not going to be heal itself, Joel is actually going to require surgery after the season finishes. They're going to hope that somehow they can put some sort of ice pack on it. They can do inject, uh, in, inject the thumb in some way so that it's at least Joel is able to at least you know play in his complete play style where not only is he dominating in the post, but he's able to shoot his mid-range or, and his three-point three shot, which he's been so deadly from uh, this season. And it's that versatility which has made him an MVP candidate. Mr. Strip Club ended up turning the ball over five times this game. The Sixers as a whole turned the ball over 15 times, which isn't terrible, but uh, it certainly is a far cry from that first game, which is looking more and more anomalous as we move through this series, where, of course, if you remember, the 76ers turned the ball over zero times in the first half and four times in total. Um, and it was very evident the Raptors were just much more compact defensively and even when they were double slash even triple teaming the hurt to Joel Embiid they were managing to cover the rest of the floor or, or in particular they were managing to cover the opposite side of the floor to where Embiid was more effectively able to steal some of those cross-court passes and make the correct reads so it seems like they figured some things out on the defensive end. And I mean, another stat which highlights that was the fact that the Sense Sixers were shot 38% from the floor and 27% from three. They looked horrible on the offensive end. The Raptors did not themselves look horrible on the offensive end. They actually shot 51% from the floor. They also, in, in interestingly, they still missed a lot of quite wide open shots from the three-point line they were eight of 31 from the three and a lot of these shots weren't that heavily contested so that's still an area that they should I think as the series goes on they should look to have some better three-point performances because they don't they have the players who they don't really have okay lights out three-point shooters but they have a lot of competent three-point shooters um I mean, everyone in the starting five can shoot the three. Even Ken Birch <laughs> made a three early on in this game. Uh, so I think that's going to even itself out 
uh, in the next two, well, hopefully the next two games. And we'll hopefully see a, a really solid three-point shooting performance from this Raptors team. It was fantastic that they're able to get out of Philadelphia, go back to Toronto. I do think that we'll see a game six win, uh, especially with how much Joel seems to be struggling with this thumb, how unaggressive James Harden is looking. And another factor that made itself very evident in this game was the difference between these two benches. Of course, the Sensix's bench had a good performance in the early early games of this series, but they barely scraped together 10 points in this game, whereas the Raptors had a very healthy 17 points from Precious Achua and around 30 points from the bench.